I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Esther, <laughs> how are you? A long time no Zoom. No, I know. It's so exciting as well. We've got our honey tasting today. Have you got? I noticed when you sent me a photograph of yours, you'd already opened your box. Are you sure you've not tasted it yet? I've not. The, the The seals are still on there. It's been very tempting. They've been sat in front of me and I've been waiting. So can you just tell me a little bit about these honeys, please, Esther? Well, I'm going to quickly open the box because I've not even opened the box yet. So, oh, it's a very nice box and I'm mm. opening it. And, oh, what have we got? Can you, can you just tell me about where, where they come from? What company they come from, Esther? So they come from the London Honey Company, which is um, a very lovely artisan company owned by Steve Bembo, who is um, one of the sort of first... Um, you know, urban beekeepers in London who started the trend of of keeping bees on rooftops and in urban areas. He started off in Bermondsey and mm-hmm. he was the first person I ever went on a beekeeping course before I trained with urban bees. Um, and he was very good and he, he told us lots of interesting things about his grandparents were beekeepers or his grandmother was a beekeeper. And um, he, he sort of... He really got me inspired to become a beekeeper and take it further. And and also, he was the one that when I was on his course, I got stung on the you-know-what. Oh, right. OK. So you were well and truly bemboed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I really was. Yes. <laughs> and he, he wrote a book and he actually mentioned me and the actual happening in his oh. book. Oh, did he? <laughs> I was I was very flattered, yes. Lovely. So I'm open I'm tasting the Cotswolds one. Ooh yeah. You like that? I do like that. This is the one that looks like lard. Yes, that's right. Now are you using a spoon? to get in there or are you using a dirty knife well actually i'm using a spoon i normally would use my fingers but last night genie put stop and grow on my fingernails so i mm. definitely can't i can't lick my fingers i don't i'm not so keen on that one it's a bit too perfumed for me i'm just wondering what that one is it seems to me like it could be a rapeseed honey um it's it's hedgerows yeah. Hedgerows, yeah, well, I don't know. It could be hedgerows. The rolling hills and hedgerows of the Cotswolds. 
If it's hedgerows, it could be at the side of like rapeseed fields. That's oh. what I think it tastes like, rapeseed honey. But you know, it's got a very distinguished flavour. When you, when I'm smelling it now, yeah, it just felt, smells very perfumed, a bit like soap. Maybe it's melted soap in a jar. It, maybe well, I it's think a it trick. is. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my favourite. I wonder if um, you could imagine, like, the bees would trade their honeys with each other, you know, if they drove on little buses and sort of traded it. <laughs> that would be the, what they'd wash the faces with, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think um, when when I think of the Cotswolds, I think of sort of those picture postcard cottages, thatched cottages, mm. and sort yeah. of a very sort of clean, sort of Middle England, sort of protected sort of environment when I smell this it smells a bit like that like old ladies soap oh well that's it you don't like that one then do you much (laughs) (laughs) sorry Cotswolds show it we've just lost all our Cotswold listeners now they've just they've just they've just switched off (laughs) the old lady soap people (laughs) <laughs> Do you want to take it all back? <laughs> we'll go on to the next one, the Scottish one. Ooh, the next. Oh, you're rushing me. Mmm. Oh, that's yum. Mmm. Mmm. This is good. That is nice. My son, at one point, Dylan, used to wear ear defenders because he said I ate so loud. So this yeah. is the this is the worst thing for me to do now to eat on a microphone, and he will <laughs> he won't be listening for a start. <laughs> well, no. well, my daughter wears ear defenders as well. I don't think she'll be listening. <laughs> she always puts them on at meal time. Right then, are we going on? Are we got? Are we going on to Kent now? Let, let's go on to let's, Kent. Yeah. Let's think about Kent. It says from Unique Shingle Coast. That could be like round Dungeness and, uh, you know, Deal and and places like that. Mm. Well, I like Deal. And I do like Kent. Well, I'm married to a Kent man, so... You are? Jesus. Hmm. I like that. Hmm. It's to me it's a bit bog standard. Is it? A bit supermarket like. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So it's not the <laughs> it's definitely not the Kent one for you, is it? Or the Cotswolds. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shall we try there. Essex? Let's try Essex. Let's try Essex. Okay. Going in. I like the clearness of it, I do. Yes, that's it. It's a very, very pale colour. And what's this again? What's the flower? Uh, From the farm meadows and flowers. That makes me think like it's... Well, it's very clear. Borage, I think, is very clear. So it could be be a lot of borage. Mm. Hmm. Nice. Hmm. Again, a bit soapy. Mm, delicate, I'd say. Mm, more of a delicate soap. You like the... <laughs> <laughs> you, 
You like the Scottish Heather one best, don't you? That's by far the winner for me. I think I'm going to go for the Kent one. Oh, you've been you've been faithful and loyal to your husband. Oh, I'm going to spread it on my ba- uh, my Dunn's bread, my white Dunn's bread. <laughs> I'm making a little sort of quarter size sort of teddy bears sandwich with white bread. I bet you've got healthy bread, haven't you? I've got um, sourdough. Oh, you'd need um, a very robust honey on that sourdough, really. Would I? Yeah, because it's quite... It's got a lot of flavour, sourdough, hasn't it? Mm. That, I think that Scottish is wonderful. But I just love the colour of it and the texture. Mm. When I tasted your honey at the tea party in episode 10, mm-hmm. you know how greedy I was with that with my big dessert spoon. That was fantastic, honey. And I could have eaten the whole of the frame of that. Well, I agree. Mm, that was a crunchy bit. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got the right honey for your sourdough bread. Right. I mean, when, when you think about... I just... I'm just going to stop eating now and just drink my tea. Mm, I'll have a slab of tea too. But, you know, when you think about when you're up on, you know, any sort of heather moor, you know, and you look at the heather, it's so robust, isn't it? Like you mm. said about the honey. And it's got like a woody, you know, it's it's sort of woody, the heather is. So it's it's going to be absolutely full of like a very strong, rich flavour, isn't it? You know, it's so full, the, the pollen, it's so full, it's a lot of pollen on the heather that the bees collect and... And pollen is full of protein, so it's a very rich and delicious honey. Mm. Yeah, I'm smelling them again. You'll never get COVID with this Scottish heather honey. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Real good. Yeah, really good. I think I'm just smelling your Kent as well as the other ones, and I think you've gone for a good choice there. It smells good as Kent. Yeah, it does. Smells quite sort of... um... Like a traditional honey, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I think Essex and Cotswold, for me, are just a bit wishy-washy. Well, we'll say that to Steve Bembo when we go to his shop. We'll tell him. (laughs) A wishy-washy honey. (laughs) We'll we'll say to him, Steve, did you add soap to this? And he'll probably chuck us out of the shop. (laughs) But you could describe it. These these are the more wishy-washy honeys. Well, um, when I went to his shop last time, he gave me some very nice African honey to taste and it was so rich and lovely, you know. It was a real wild, um, complex honey, just completely different to anything I'd ever tasted before. It was was delicious. I was going to say, how have you been getting on with your show? Because we missed you last week. Oh, so missed you. Um, yes, um, yeah, I've been loving it, actually. It's, well, tell um, us about it. Well, it's called Bloods, and it's about paramedics. It's a comedy series about paramedics. Yeah. And uh, paramedics all, all work in pairs, so we're all in pairs, and I'm working with Samson Kale, and we play Wendy and Malik. And uh, guess what, S? What? I based Wendy on you. <laughs> Oh, not again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I keep dragging you out. 
and I, I so like playing US and actually oh. people are nicer to me when I'm you rather than when I'm me. <laughs> oh, that's so nice, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a distinct change in people. How am I getting on? I mean, what's my character like in this? Or how are you? Your character's from Nottingham, mm-hmm. and um, and she's um, and she's come she's come down from Nottingham to work. She's escaped from her family, and she's uh, now working for the par- uh, South London paramedics. But she's actually, you know, she knows her stuff. She's a really nice person, and she <laughs> she she's lovely. Um, but she kind of. Um, she, she tries to get the best out of people, but sometimes, sometimes while she's trying to get the best out of people, situations go a little bit wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I can identify to that, so it certainly does sound like me. <laughs> but does she, if things go a bit wrong, does she cry? No, she's not a crier. I know, because you like a cry, don't you? Sorry. But I don't find crying very easily, easy because I'm a bit harder than you, yes. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't do crying, but um, she's very um, good-hearted, you know, and, uh, and always sees the best in people, always sees the best in people. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, it's just and like that- USA. Oh, thank you. Well, that is so nice. Mm. And are, are you having a lot of laughs? Yeah, it's very, it's really good fun, and me and Samson Kale because I am a corpser, and as you know, and so yeah. well you are as well. You're terrible, <laughs> and um, so and for the for the audience who are listening who don't know what corpsing means, it means laughing on stage or on screen and when you're not supposed to, and so me and Samson are terrible, and I've got to really, really give myself a talking to because potentially I could be laughing in every scene with him, so I have to. I just don't go down the laughing road but I have in fact the first scene that we did together I was laughing were you Mm. yeah did you have to did you have to do it again or did you just incorporate the laughing well I I did say to the director afterwards I said um I think this character would laugh like this (laughs) 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 oh dear that's not good Mm. Most actors who are sort of, you know, like funny things, like funny parts and stuff, they, they're all corpse, don't they? <laughs> I think they do. I know. I'm sure I they loved do. It. I loved it when I came to see you in, the, in a play and you laughed when you came out and you heard me laughing in the audience and that made you laugh. <laughs> oh, and that one you did in Cornwall, <laughs> you couldn't stop laughing. I love that. <laughs> you sent me a video of you corpsing. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. It's, um, now I enjoy corpsing now and I don't care as well, much as I used to do. I think when you're on the edge of corpsing, you're usually doing like your finest acting because you're sort of like... You're so free that you're really responding to everything and you just then you start laughing. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. I think mm. it's just better to stick to the funny parts if you're a corpser because at least you can incorporate it with the characters usually. Yeah, I know, that's good. Yeah, that, that is good. 
Oh, it sounds like you're having a good time. Oh, yeah, I'm having a great time. A really, really good time. Anyway, um, just going back to the honey, yeah. I just wanted to... We did touch on it a little bit. You were talking about Manuka honey and its medicinal properties. Can mm-hmm. you tell me what honey is good for? Yeah, well, honey's been used even, like, by the Stone Age people, like, um, 8,000 years ago. They were using honey for antibacterial, antifungal uh, purposes. So uh, do you remember, like, when we opened the hive, the bees, like, coat everything in propolis, and it's like a, you know, it's an antibacter- a natural antibacterial thing that they do just to keep their whole hive clean, Oh, amazing. So those properties are in the honey. And things um, like the heather honey, for instance, or the manuka honey, those sort of honeys have got so much antibacterial and antifungal qualities that you can actually use it on wounds, open wounds. And I know they use manuka honey on horses. But right. um, I was talking to Arabella about that last week. But, yeah, so it's got the antibacterial and antifungal properties and and that's why it's good for when you've got a sore throat mm-hmm. and when you've got you know like tonsillitis they say you know it's very good to have a spoonful of honey when you've got coughs and colds i mean now they're recommending that that's the sort of thing you you do rather than taking antibiotics oh really and so just you because you, you mentioned the manukan in the heather honey but they're the better honeys to take if you are feeling a bit off colour? I think all honeys have got antibacterial and antifungal qualities, properties, Mm. um, because, of course, the bees need to use that in their own hive. But I think, as far as I know, the heather honey has got a bit more of that in. It's got more antibacterial qualities in. And I think that's something to do with the heather itself. So it's got more in the plant you know a bit like the manuka honey Mm. the manuka is an uh, the 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 tea tree plant which is the manuka honey comes from that's got its own antibacterial qualities in so i guess the more the plant has got those qualities in then obviously that affects the honey program that I'm making, Bloods, I've been telling everybody about bees. And actually, um, 
one of the guys on the camera department, he's from a farm, and they've got the farmer there has lots and lots of hives, many, many hives. Ooh, and yeah. says that they have to be careful when he's driving the tractor because the bees attack when he's driving the tractor. Is that just because they feel threatened? Well, he's obviously got, a, you know, the strain of bees he's got is probably a bit aggressive. But, yeah, they will um, chase people around who've got lawnmowers and strimmers. But again, it depends what sort of bees you've got. Remember, I think we talked about this um, previously, like the book Fast Queens, for instance. Mm. After about, say about, if they keep requeening themselves from that, that queen, eventually it could start to get more of an aggressive strain. And so maybe if they haven't like got fresh new queens, they haven't sent off for a new queen from fresh genes they might just be using the same genes over and over and in the end they can become a bit aggressive and that's probably why they chase the tractor oh really i've been chased i've had bees before i mean i never let it get like this now i've had bees before that have chased me off the allotment Ooh. i've literally run down the the path right. i've been planting my potatoes and i've got stung on the head but I never, that was when in my early days of beekeeping and I didn't know that I could just, you know, get a new queen, send off for a new queen. I just didn't realise, but that's and what that's, you have to and, do. And so, so they, they just, that's just them being aggressive, but, but they die, don't they, when they sting you? Yeah, they do. So that, that's funny, isn't it, when they, you weren't particularly threatening the hive, that they would just come randomly and sting you? Well, you know, it's like the tractor. It's probably in a stone's throw of the hives, but they have to go around on the tractor and they're, they're, just, they're just guarding their area. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, as the book fasts as well, sometimes they do... They'll, they'll just sort of hang around guarding the hive. That's their favourite thing to do, rather mm -hmm. than maybe getting out and collecting as much, as much forage. They do like hanging out and guarding. Yes, so, yes, you know, the guard, yes. yeah. Um, and how are your bees at the moment? Yeah, so I, I went up the other day because um, I, I don't know whether I told you, but I decided to get these um, cork shins, they're called, just to give a bit of extra warmth over the winter around the hive. So you put them around the hive and you put them inside the hive at each end of the box, the brood box. Anyway, I... Can, I just, can, you, just, can you just describe those? Are they a bit like stoppers? They're a bit like, you know, if you were to lift up the frame of, of brood, mm -hmm. instead of that, instead of all the wax and the brood, there's mm. just cork, cork with beeswax coated on it. Oh, and right. so um, this company, they recommend that if you put them either end of the brood box, then you'll give them like a bit of in extra insulation for the winter. Oh, God. So a couple of weeks ago, I thought, I've never done this before. I thought I'm going to put these shins in so I put them in anyway I went yesterday to have a check on them and I just uh, needed to take some feed off I'd been still feeding them with sugar because you know they didn't make as much honey as what I'd hoped that they had done over the summer and so I had to feed them up with some sugar but I'll get back that to that in a minute so I, I, I took the sugar feed bucket off and then I just thought, oh, well, just have a look at these shins. Anyway, the bees had, like, eaten all the beeswax off and made holes in them. They rejected oh. it. They'd, like... How would they make holes in it? Well, they just, they just nibbled the way nibbled through, through it. Nibbled through it. Oh, wow. So I was a bit disappointed, to be honest. Have you taken it out? No, I've left it, but they've cleared off all the wax off it and it was just, I thought, well, what a pointless thing that I spent my money on. 
So I was a bit disappointed with that. But um, maybe it was too hot because it's a very mild winter so far, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, maybe, 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 maybe they were boiling. Yeah, maybe they were making ventilation holes. Yes, could be. It could be, yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, they've not made a lot of honey for themselves. So you're um, going to have to supplement then through the winter? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to feed them some fondant. I spoke to uh, a bee inspector guy and he said there's been a lot of reports in London of, of bees not collecting the right amount of honey. Some have, some haven't. But one of the the, the things is is that you know, because it was very, very windy over the summer on and off, if you remember. Yes. And so when the lime flowers came on, was it too windy for the bees to get to the lime? So normally they would have absolutely filled it with lime honey. And they did fill it, but they also didn't fill it quite enough. And although I didn't take any honey off at all this year, as you know, only the teaspoons that you tried, they just haven't filled the the box up so yeah they will need to be fed over the winter and i'm gonna have to keep a close eye on them i just hope they make it through i'll have to give them some honey sandwiches otherwise oh yeah give them the scottish and the kent well we can't feed this honey to them because we don't know whether these bees have got efb or whether they've got any other so we've got to be careful oh yes yeah sure sure yeah and um uh, there's some other questions i want to ask you Oh, questions, questions. Questions which have come up with my spreading the word through my job. One was, well, we were talking about um, royal jelly. Yeah. And how royal jelly was made and what and why that is good for you. Well, royal jelly is a product that the workers feed to the little baby larva. And it's rich again in in all sorts of of things that the bees make themselves with these enzymes that they add to the nectar and the pollen. And it's, you know, full of vitamins and nutrients from the the nectar of the flowers. And and they feed that to the bees right at the beginning of their life. As soon as they hatch out of the eggs, they have about three days on pure royal jelly and that makes them grow a little bit fatter and then they're, they're big enough to start then feeding them on the pollen. But the queen, she has that for about six days. So she's fed on it a bit longer so she can develop a much fatter body and a much mm. bigger body and her reproductive organs will develop. So, you know, it's it's really good. And I suppose, I mean, I'm not, um you know, a herbalist or a, a person who makes, um you know, pills for the chemist <laughs> <laughs> but, but um i reckon if you were a person and you fed yourself on royal jelly you're gonna feel pretty strong and you know robust i guess is it a bit like breast milk i think it is yeah it's a bit like gold top breast milk yeah but it must be mustn't it when they say mm. feed your baby's breast milk because that's full of all the nutrients that the baby needs yeah i suppose it's like you know when you breastfeed at the first, when the first, the, the breast milk comes out first <clears throat> and you get that colostrum, don't you? Yes. Well, you know, that's what the bees are doing to the little larva. They're giving them the colostrum. Right. So that's good. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, you see, if people started marketing colostrum pills, maybe we could all 
well, you know, maybe we'd, that would be good for people, wouldn't it? Yeah, because they're such amazing things, aren't they, bees? You know, like you were saying about the propolis, you know, disinfecting their environment, which is kind of what we're trying to do at the moment in COVID, you know, to keep try and ke- keep everything as um, sanitised as possible. And they just do it naturally. They just keep their home naturally clean like that. That's, you know, you know, we could learn so much from bees, how they do something in a natural way. We could just, if we coated our whole house with the propolis... Yeah. Well, just imagine that. Have you propolist? Have you propolist? Instead of have you sanitised? Have you propolist? Yeah. Have you propolist today, Jane? <laughs> Are you going to go back and, and tell your friends on blood all about the things that you've done talked about today? Yes, definitely. I want to get Samson on the show um, Ooh, because yeah. I tell him about bees and he finds it really, really boring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I want him to come on on the show and see if he isn't bored by you talking about bees because when I talk about bees, he gets he wants to fall asleep. But I think he'd be much better with you. Well, I mean, you're pretending to be me, so he'd perhaps be bored with me as well. Well, yeah, I see. I'm doing it your voice when I'm telling him about it, but he finds it very soporific, like a bedtime story, and then just wants to go to sleep. Can you try and do my voice now? No, I'm not going to do it. Mm, OK, then. It's, it's, a, it's a version of your voice. Well, I can't wait to see it. It'll be brilliant. You've heard it anyway. I've done a play where I've played you. I know, you're very good. You are good. You are um, brilliant. But um, it's an essence of Esther. Yeah. Esther's oh, essence, well. I'm playing. Oh, well. You could bottle that, you see, sell it. It would be worth a million. It would. Oh, can we have some of Esther's essence, please? Will that make us nicer people? <laughs> you could be Saint Esther selling your Esther essence. <laughs> then they might see you in a potato, like we saw Bono in the hive. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Saint Esther in a spud. <laughs> say I was very sad that um, I didn't get my own honey this year so this is a real treat having this these little jars of honey but hopefully next spring we'll get some nice honey and um, it'll be good because the one thing that is so much fun is extracting the honey and I was remembering the first time that me and Tom did it in the kitchen and we must a bee a few bees must have um, still come back on the honeycomb so as we we lifted it on the wheelbarrow and we brought it back to home and then before we knew it we looked and there was bees all over the window the kitchen window oh. because we took the the bees that were in the the honey box the super we'd put them out on the garden but they'd obviously gone back to the mm. hive told all their sisters to quickly come to where we live and all the bees were like at the window trying to get in give us back our honey please we want our honey you've taken our food yeah exactly yes and um my friend he experienced the same thing and you you just you know they'll come back and they'll find the honey and they'll try and get it well you have taken it from them you've stolen it haven't you it is theirs I know, they must be so mad. Yes, when they've spent all that time making their their fodder for the winter, 
and um, and then you come and just take it. Yeah, I know, it's really bad. So you just have to be very careful. Now, I, I've never done it like that again, but now I, I make sure that I brush all the bees off very gently off, the, off all the frames and then I wrap it up in a, a sheet and then bring it back and just make sure there's no bees on it because if there is, you'll have the whole hive at your window. Well, even though you didn't get um, your jars of honey this year, we did have that lovely afternoon where we did have the tasting. It was, that was really special. It was nice, it was good. And I still remember the taste of that honey. It was a, a special one. Yeah, it was actually, it was, I think it was nicer than any of these honeys, although I have enjoyed them all. But I do love the London honey best, I think. Mm. Yeah, it was really good. Thanks for today and um, all this lovely honey tasting and we've had a nice little chat, haven't we? Yeah, it's been great and learned lots of new things as well. So nice to be with you. And you too, Essie. Have a lovely week at work and I can't wait to see you soon, my darling. I know, my... I know. Thank you so much, Essie, and thanks so much for this info, which I will report back to my team. Yeah. And uh, if not Samson, everybody else will be waiting with bated breath. Um, so thank you and I love you very much I love you too my darling you take care yeah you too Essie alright bye okay bye 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 Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks it is produced by Claire Broughton and Andy Goddard and partly recorded at the Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy Mae Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from the hive. Queen Bees is a hat trick podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.